This is the Metal Set. Hi, this is Dawn, an ultra cyclist and sports PR specialist. And I'm Afshan, an endurance athlete and journalist. And we're on a quest to bring you stories of tenacity, courage, and metal. From athletes in the Middle East and beyond. Hello, Dawn here. So, earlier this year, I participated in my fourth ultra cycling race, the race around Rwanda, a race I did not finish. Please check out episodes 29 and 29A for my DNF race report. As with my earlier ultra races, after the race around Rwanda was done, I quickly signed up for another race. This time, Dead Ends and Cake, a three-day self-supported ultra that sees those participating cycle 500 kilometers with 9,000 meters of climbing. As the name suggests, it has dead-end checkpoints, five to be exact, each with cake. It is due to start on the 23rd of June from St. Gallen, Switzerland. I was able to speak to Dominic Boltstaller, the race organizer, a little while ago for the podcast. Since that time, however, my personal circumstances have changed and I will no longer be participating in this particular race. I still wanted to share the episode as Dead Ends and Cake is one of the most popular ultra cycling races on the calendar and for good reason. It's fun, accessible, and has an even split between women and men on the start line. As I learned from Dominic, the race attracts many, many beginners. While I'm sad I won't be on the start line for this race, I'll be following along with interest. In the podcast, Dominic and I chat through the background of the event, what's expected this year, the roads, the gradients, the beauty, the checkpoints, and of course, the cake. We also chat through hints and tips for those taking on the race and through some of the most memorable participants in past editions. Please do check out the show notes for all resources on the race. I wish Dominic and his wider team, as well as all those participating, the very best. And I hope you enjoy the episode. Hi, Dominic. Thank you for joining us on the Metal Set Podcast. I'm super excited to chat with you about Dead Ends and Cake, which is fast approaching for me. Um, Yeah, so how are you today? Pretty good. It's uh, a lot on the plate, but uh, I'm really good and a lot of good things happening. So happy to spend time with you and see what's going on. Yeah, we're super excited to share more about this. And I'm super excited when I hear ultra cycling race that's got cake involved. (laughs) (laughs) I think most people know, and if they've listened to our earlier episodes, eating is a big part of ultra cycling. And if there's cake on tap at each of the checkpoints, it sounds like a good time to me. It is. It's like, yeah, the the base of the idea is how how do you get people to do things that they maybe don't believe that they can do, and cake is usually, uh, yeah, the best way to do it. I mean, you you even bring your family to come visit when you have cake. So uh, you can also bring uh, people riding a bike up in the mountains when you when you deliver some cake. It always works. Cake is a perfect motivator. So talk us through Dead Ends and Cake. When did it start? You know, what was the idea behind it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it's like uh, a little over two years ago, I was riding some uh, of these uh, unsupported uh, ultra events and so many people were like dog watching and following and the the concept of, of uh, being out there, there was really many didn't know yet. And my idea was to to bring it here to Switzerland to some people uh, that that I know. It was I thought of a small um, private event first, and my idea was to make it a little bit shorter so more people can access it. Because like races thousand uh, k and more is like yeah, it's not doable for. For a lot of people or they think they can't do it or they don't find time so that's why i aimed for a like a weekend a good weekend of cycling it should be a real challenge but it should be motivating i don't like the the events where you have this um it's the hardest it's gonna be the the most brutal it's uh you're gonna die out there um, <laughs> that doesn't help i mean in the end you want people to go get their feet wet and try this stuff and uh to, to see why we like it this much. And that's pretty soon the, I mean, for me, cake was always a good reason to ride a bike. And mm-hmm. uh, that's why I, yeah, the idea came up to surf cake at the, every checkpoint. And uh, 
yeah, we have like a very good area here with a lot of mountains and a lot of beautiful valleys uh, because I wanted to show the people also the nice parts that they maybe don't know yet. I mean, mm -hmm. all the famous mountain passes in the Alps, everybody knows, everybody knows Forca and other stuff. Uh, but there's so many small roads that you have never heard of and all of them or most of them are dead ends. That's mm -hmm. why there is no traffic at all. And uh, so, yeah, that's how, how it started. And then, yeah, it escalated quite quickly. And as I, <laughs> I said, I was aiming for some friends of mine, some, some people that I know from other races. And then at the first year, it was sold out in one minute. It was like we were wow. sitting here and it was like, um, yeah, maybe we can now um, turn it up. And then there was the, the registration was open and then it was just, it's full. Wow. Like, okay. And then on one side, this was good. On the other side, it was. Um, You're like, uh, what have so, I done? <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, that, that's how, how it went. And uh, yeah, I think we can talk some of the, the ideas behind it. It's like. Yeah, I love the small details to to really motivate people to to go do it, and uh, I think that that really worked. I mean, yeah, I think from my perspective, just hearing you speak now, and when you talk about accessibility, number one, lack of cars on these roads, number two, cake, three, also like a good, you know, fun event to show people that it is possible for them to compete in this, you know, these types of races. I love it. I love the idea behind it. So just going back to the race format, so there's five checkpoints. Each of those are at a dead end, and there's a different type of cake at each checkpoint, which I love. And then I guess all together, the course profile adds up to be about 500 kilometers and about 9,000 meters yes. of climbing. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, the checkpoints, you can write them in any order you want. So you, every uh, participant creates uh, the own route uh, to connect all the five checkpoints and come back to start and finish here in Zagano. Mm -hmm. So this leaves a lot of things open because we have had like people on mountain bikes crossing over directly over the mountains. We had uh, people on, on uh, fast uh, aero road bikes just uh, going up the dead end, back down, down to the valley. and to the next one. And I think this is like, yeah, this adds another, another part to this. It's, it's not just, uh, who, who's the strongest, who has the best legs, um, who has the best strategy in riding. It's also like uh, planning. Where do you want to go? Um, how, how much time do you spend planning your route? Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, it's, that's, I think for, for many people, this is like more like this, this adventurous kind of, of uh, weekend that you really have to, it's not, you don't just pay money, come here, ride your bike, have a finisher beer and go home. It's, mm -hmm. it's like, uh, for a lot of people, it's, it's an important part of their life for like uh, two weeks or three weeks ahead of the event to really plan the route and uh, the excitement when you are here at the start to, I mean, did I mess up my route? Maybe, maybe I missed something completely. You don't know. And I think this is, this really adds up to the, to the event, to, to the excitement of the people. And that's, uh, what, yeah, I think what made it, uh, this popular in this short time. Yeah. I've seen some beautiful videos, like your video that you guys did was really, really beautiful. And then seeing some interesting, uh, L <laughs> like interesting gradients, shall I say, <laughs> yeah. going up and then also some really interesting route planning. And I think it's quite interesting that we're having this discussion that Restrap earlier this week announced <laughs> that they're releasing yeah. a hike a bike harness, which yeah. I think is really good timing for this event. Right. Cause some people do, <laughs> some people actually you know put their bike on their backs right and hike yeah. over some of these mountain passes yeah like the the last year in 22 there was uh, not a lot of snow up in the high mountains so mm -hmm. um i mean of course i also it's the idea of me when placing the checkpoints uh it's it always there has to be some option to maybe connect them and there were like two checkpoints like in a straight line it was six or seven k apart 
but if you if you ride back the road and up again it's 90k of riding and a lot of climbing so there were like yeah a few people that really they brought different shoes they they packed their bike on the back and they they hiked for four hours like it's it's it wasn't really fast but mm -hmm. uh, like the fastest hikers were about the same time like a fast rider so um, <laughs> it was really a nice option to to give and uh to to bring cycling to a place where i think there haven't been many bikes let alone road bikes up there i mean mm -hmm. before why but yeah. yeah it's a nice option so talk us through um, the area where the event is being held, where Dead Ends and Cake is happening. And also, is there anything you can reveal regarding the checkpoints at this stage? <laughs> um, yeah, we are in uh, eastern Switzerland, like uh, pretty close to, to Lake Constance, like at the uh, border to Austria, Germany in this uh, triangle. And starting finish is in St. Gallen, my hometown. And the start and finish is in our garden so um <laughs> this uh, this is really like uh, our, our home and we we invite people to come to our home for for this event and uh then we have like if you if you ride Fairfinder k you can go pretty far in switzerland i mean switzerland yeah it's it's the longest stretch is around 300k so if we do a a, a tour of 500k you can ride quite far Mm -hmm. And of course, we go up to the mountains. Um, we have uh, like in Zagallen, in Appenzell, in Gaubünden, in the different areas. There's so many small, small roads up to the to some some Alps or some some rugged roads where they they were built to to build like the the dam for the electricity back mm -hmm. in the days. And now these roads are just there and not used. And uh, this, this is, these are the places I'm, I'm searching for. And uh, of course, always with a small hut up there because every checkpoint is always, um, there are always friends of mine waiting there, mm -hmm. uh, at least four people at every checkpoint. So no matter what time you arrive, you will be, there will be people waiting for you and they will be happy to see you mm -hmm. and uh, serve you some cake. And uh, uh, then you go on. And I think this is also like a very important part uh, that it's, it's really helpful if you arrive at the checkpoint and, and you, you know that the people, they wanted to be, to be there, they, they're really happy to see you because, mm -hmm. uh, you know, many, many like, like old fashioned events, there is like, yeah, they, they just have volunteers and, and you, mm -hmm. you see from far that they, they would rather be at home in front of the TV than sitting there and, uh, giving you a stamp and I think that's that's really important and yeah regarding the checkpoints for this year they are still secret of course um, <laughs> I was trying to get some intel <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's um uh, on one side I I like to keep it a secret on the other side it's um it's also because of the restaurants up there they they just came out of the winter season Mm -hmm. They have like a, a time off now and then they will start the summer season. And usually most of them, they are like, when you arrive in winter, they were, Hey, I don't care about summer. Please come back in, yeah. in summer. <laughs> and, uh, so there is some, for me, the checkpoints are done. Uh, I know where we go, but, uh, it's not yet official, um, right. because there are some, some smaller things to be done before, but to be it's going to be good. And uh, we will go back to uh, two previous checkpoints and then with the rest will be new ones. So new ones. Excellent. Yeah. Chris, uh, Chris Thomas, who did the race, I think last yeah. year, he mentioned there yeah. was some road. He's like, <laughs> you know, because I come back from Rwanda and sign up for this yeah. race. Uh, and none of these races are easy. I will say that. But it's definitely something three days for me. I've learned about myself. I go to win a, I go into a dark place after five days. So three yeah. days is perfect. <laughs> but Chris did mention um, there was one road he went up that had some kind of, you know, I don't know, like gutter in between so it was like an old military road so you had to yeah. either ride straight you couldn't zigzag across the road yeah. or had yeah. to walk is that yeah. still included <laughs> you will see i mean it's, it's about your route planning uh it's uh maybe for all those knowing chris uh it's, it's maybe not the perfect guy to to uh get his route i mean 
He's a strong yeah. cyclist, but um, <laughs> route planning isn't his strong suit. Let's be honest. Um, <laughs> so maybe maybe check another route than than the one of Chris, because uh, there's like this story at one checkpoint where this is really in the middle of nowhere. There's one almost paved road up there, mm-hmm. but there are many um, hiking paths coming from all the directions. So you can right. really arrive from six directions to the checkpoint, but only one is paved. And uh, Chris did it uh, two years ago, mm-hmm. and he was hiking on his road bike shoes in the middle of the <laughs> forest. And he was really, they, they literally heard him from far away because he was swearing all the way and uh, carrying his bike. And then last year, this checkpoint was in again. And guess who took the same route again and was <laughs> complaining all over again? So uh, maybe don't take the route of Chris. Um, nice guy, but not the best route plan. <laughs> yeah, I'll make note of that. Um, yeah, Neil has been, Neil, my coach, has been on me to start route planning, but now I have an excuse because the checkpoints aren't out yet, Neil. Yeah. So <laughs> get off no, my case. I mean, <laughs> you can always, I think it's always nice to, to have, there's always a, an obvious road that you can take that is mm. always rideable uh, on a road bike. That's, mm-hmm. that's the idea. You, you can ride it on a road bike. And everything else you want, if you want to do a shortcut or uh, go somewhere else, there are so many options. And, and I think that's, that's what's really interesting about, about the route. I mean, you can really, uh, you had so many people going different ways. Um, mm-hmm. That's I'm- also interesting for me to see. To see how people plan. Yeah. I'm curious as well. It'll be my first time, uh, route planning. Cause all of the races that I've done have had set routes and, um, you know, I think the route planning knowing me is probably a good thing because now I can't say, Oh, I didn't know that <laughs> because I planned it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah go ahead. Switzerland is uh, pretty easy to plan because you have really good maps. You have like, mm-hmm. uh, if you use a uh, commode, you, you really have so much information. So, and also like the, the, uh, if it's paved or not, it's, it's really accurate if you, if you plan here. So it's, it's pretty easy to, even if you come from abroad, it's, it's easy to plan a route here. That's good to hear. I just want to go back to one thing about the race and I guess the, the makeup of the participants, because one of the unique things about your race is that it is 50% women, which is super exciting for me as a woman (laughs) and often being, you know, a minority in a largely uh, male dominated sport. So what was the rationale behind, you know, ensuring that 50% of the participants are women? For me, it was just a decision. It was like, hey, I, I mean, we know other races where you have like five to ten percent women at the start, mm-hmm. and for me it was like, hey, in the first year I didn't know if it if it works out or not, but I was just say hey, let's do it fifty percent, and see what happens, and it was sold out right away, and also like um, with the first year, I mean, you have. I, I don't have to, you know, I get a lot, a lot of questions. How, how do you do it that you get so many women applying uh, for you, for your race? And to be honest, I'm, maybe that's it. I'm not trying to create the event for, for women or to, to attract more women to the, to the event. It's just, it, it is there and everybody's welcome. And like from the first edition, yeah, you see the pictures of, of it's, it's the same, like. Nowadays, marketing, uh, people are, are counting how many pictures did we post, uh, of women and how many of, of men. And if you go like to this big agency events that flop out of the bottom right now, you, you can really, you can count the days on Monday. It's going to be a woman and Tuesday mm. it, it's a man. And I think this is the main reason I, I, I just wanted to have nice people here. And the first year really showed that the group of people is way more relaxed for everybody. If you have this, uh, 50-50, um, split, it's really, there's, there's another atmosphere, I think. A different dynamic. I would agree. One thing I noticed, like the point you were talking about, uh, visibility of women, you know, people using it as a marketing initiative, but I think 
you know, actually having an event where there are 50% women, there's definitely going to be a lot more women on the photos, which is evident, you know, which is fantastic all around. Um, So, and I think, you know, from my point of view, I don't think it's any surprise that your races sell out and there's 50% women. So other race organizers take note. (laughs) (laughs) of that. Um, Just going back to some of the checkpoints as well. What are some of the most beautiful checkpoints that you've had on the race in the past? May, you know, maybe, maybe not are added in this year. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I think you can, there are like different reasons why, why I pick a checkpoint. Uh, They're like the ones that are really just like with stunning views with, with uh, very special roads, like uh, with some sometimes with some small tunnels up in the in the mountains where you have to ride through, and others they are mainly because they are interesting to plan a route or they they are nice to connect uh, two different checkpoints. And I think this is this creates the mix. I want. I mean, we have like hundreds thousands of of Alps, you know, where you just have a road up and there's a hut mm-hmm. and uh, that's it. And if you have like five five of these, it's going to get boring. Mm-hmm. So uh, I really like to to switch things up. Like we have um, Alpnodine in the, it's, it's uh, on two and a half thousand meters up in a national park um, where you really, yeah, it's, it's you, some marmots and, and nothing else. It's, mm-hmm. it's really quiet. And there's a hut with the very nice people and yeah, it's it's just a lovely place to be there and a very special place that even a lot of people from here don't know. And and others are like uh, sometimes it's more like the way to get there is special. Like uh, if you if you see like uh, Kalfeisental, there's like a, a really rugged road um, with some. I mean, for, for cars, it's uh, alternating like every twenty minutes uh, because it's so so narrow you can't pass. Mm-hmm. So, so it's really like, like these small roads and, and, uh, like a very old village at the end. I think that's it. The, the, the different types of, uh, I mean, if you just have five steep roads somewhere up and down, it's, it's going to get boring. It's, mm-hmm. uh, you, you have to, I mean, that's when I, when I plan a route, I want to be kind of entertained by the route. I want to tell some 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 different scenarios i want to to look ahead oh when when i go there it's going to be like uh, i don't know this this old village or i got to see this lake up there and i think that's that's the important stuff to to get some variety in the in the checkpoints yeah i'm super excited like as i said to you i've never yeah i've never ridden my bike in switzerland so it's going to be a first for me now Switzerland, some of these high mountain areas. <laughs> I mentioned this to you. I've lived in the Middle East too long. I'm a bad Canadian. I cannot take cold anymore. <laughs> what is the weather anticipated? I'm not going to say what will it be like because I feel like I'll jinx it. What is the anticipated weather <laughs> yeah, at the end we of had June? Everything. Yeah. It's like if you take last year, it was horrible at the start. We really had like the whole Friday was completely rain it was close to zero degrees up in the mountains oh, and then saturday sunday we had perfect summer weather like uh, 30 degrees and and no more clouds inside so mm-hmm. so far we were yeah it was it was testing for for the beginning uh like in the first year there was also like uh, some rain but wasn't too bad so usually it's around 25 degrees but in the mountains, there's always a chance of rain. I mean, on the brightest day, it's, it can turn like in, in 20 minutes and you can get a good shower. Um, luckily, there is not too much snow this year. Or I mean, luckily for us, it's uh, pretty sad to see. There are yeah. many roads already rideable that should be covered in deep snow at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's good for the event, but uh, yeah, makes you think from, yeah. from other perspective. Yeah, I was in I was in France over the summer and it was pretty hot. I was really yeah, surprised um at yeah. that and hopefully, you know, that doesn't continue. What is I guess people are coming in for the race. What's one of the things that really surprises them or catches them out in terms of their planning <laughs> and preparedness for this race? 
<laughs> yeah, some people are still surprised that there are steep roads in the mountains. I, mm-hmm. yeah, I think this is part of part of it. But I think many are surprised how pretty it is. How I mean, you you start in I mean Switzerland, everything is small. Like Sagan is one of the bigger cities, but it's uh, it's a bigger village to be honest. Mm-hmm. And you are like in in five minutes, you're out in in the middle of green and uh yeah so this is really surprising for a lot of people coming also from other parts from switzerland not just uh, from abroad it's uh, mm-hmm. uh how how fast you're out in the green and and you can really plan a route that you where you don't meet many people you see some cows and uh on the other hand it's it's very easy for bikepacking because you have water all over I mean, there mm-hmm. are wells uh, along the the road. In in every village, you find water. There's, um, yeah, the infrastructure is one of the best in the world. So um, it's it's pretty easy to to get food, to get uh, drinks. Uh, if you need a rest, you it's not cheap, but you you would always find uh, some some place. That's good. Niels told me I need to bring a credit card. <laughs> And I'm yeah. like, yes, yes, fine. <laughs> but you don't have to. We had like one partic- uh, participant. He uh, spent, I think, five francs, like five euros uh, during his whole ride. He had everything wow. with him. He cooked his own meals and he spent five of these francs. He, he spent on a way too expensive a Coke to get on a toilet somewhere in a, in a restaurant. So um, <laughs> you don't need like the, the big... Uh, water to get through. Don't need a big budget. You just got to plan accordingly and be prepared to maybe bivy. This episode is supported by Deep Dive Dubai. We know that our listeners love awesome adventures and take it from us, it doesn't get more awe-inspiring than the world's deepest pool. Measuring a record-breaking 60 meters, Deep Dive Dubai gives both scuba and freedivers the ability to discover an underwater world complete with the latest in dive technology and an abandoned sunken city. For those new to diving, like me, it's the ideal place to get started. And for those experienced to expert divers out there, it's the perfect place to hone your skills with exceptional facilities, expert staff, and state-of-the-art technology. Since it opened in 2021, it has mesmerized visitors and continues to deliver extraordinary experiences seven days a week. For more information and to book your experience, visit deepdivedubai.com. What, um, what's the craziest thing? Like we all know these races, you know, nobody can really anticipate what happens. Anything can and does happen. What is one of the craziest tales that you've heard from this race? (laughs) There, there are many, but I think one thing that really stood out is, um, Christoph, uh, a guy from Bern, he, um, participated last year and he was close to to um, withdrawal because he one of his best friends uh, had a marriage like at the other end of Switzerland, mm-hmm. and then yeah he started to race, uh, rode the whole Friday, uh, did like uh, the first big checkpoint, and then he rented a car, <laughs> not not to ride to the um, to the uh, uh, marriage. Yeah, he just close his bike inside mm-hmm. because if you don't move the car, it's pretty cheap to, to rent the car. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, he took the train, went to the <laughs> wedding, <laughs> he then came back way after. And, uh, like in the, with the last train, he, he hopped on his bike. He did like the, the huge, uh, hike bike, uh, we talked before, like uh-huh. really the, the big one on the big mountain and he finished in the top 10. That's, wow. that's pretty, pretty crazy. I mean, that is uh, insane. Yeah. It's, <laughs> uh, of course, if you, I mean, there were some people, yeah, but it's, it's, it's not really self-supported. If he ate at the wedding, I was like, hey, come on, he, he doesn't get any advantage by, yeah. by spending like, I don't know, six or seven hours off the race. So I don't really care about this uh, stuff. It's, uh, it's a nice yeah. story. And it's so I think it shows really what, what kind of people, I mean, usually it's like, I have a wedding, I have a race, I can't do both. Yeah. And yeah, you can do both if you get some, if you get creative. 
if you're Kristoff. That's dedication both to his friend in the wedding and the race. I just yeah, don't know which one people more. People still, um, we do, um, instead of uh, starters cap with the number, you get a pair of socks where you have like your numbers on the back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, he was uh, wearing a proper suit suit at the wedding, but still with his uh, starter socks with the number on. So he was really <laughs> committed to both uh, these worlds. We could say he got some extra cake though than everybody else. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's, the wedding. Yeah, that, that, that's what what uh, one guy really was about. It was ah, uh, it's not self supported because he ate there. It was like, hey, come on. No, yeah. that's okay. Worry, I think worry he about your stuff. Yeah, exactly. Would he be your most memorable rider? I think you wrote last year, there was someone who completed the race very, very new to cycling, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, the, um, there was like Alicia, she was, she she arrived and she, she was really, for me, one of the most impressive rides I've ever seen because she was like, yeah, I'm, I'm not really a cyclist. I'm more of a skier. I'm, I'm fit, but, uh, and I think she, she even loaned a bike, like, uh, she was on a, on a city bike, like with a, with a, a stand and with everything. <laughs> wow. And, but she was, yeah, she was, uh, confident and in a good mood and started. And then, um, she on the way, she kind of lost or forgot her phone at one checkpoint. Oh my goodness. And uh, this was her navigation. So she was like, uh, she didn't have like a Garmin or any, anything. And so, but yeah, she knew the route. So she just kept on. And then I tried to just tell her that we found her, her phone. Um, I, I texted the rider that was close by to tell her and she was like, yeah, she's all fine. She knows the route. She's just uh, riding. <laughs> and, uh, then she went on and on. And, uh, I mean, before she said her, her longest bike ride was 80 K before. Wow. Uh, so it's really, uh, then riding 500 is quite a lot. Yeah. And then she even did like the huge hike bike. Uh-huh. Um, she, <laughs> With her she city bike. Her, yeah. She strapped her bike on her back and, uh, walked over there and, uh, we, we managed to bring her, her uh, phone back just, uh, yeah, for a security reason and uh, mm. to reach her family to, to be reachable and. It, the most, I mean, the, the ride and the, the, the physical aspect is, is very impressive. But the, I think for me, the most impressive thing is, um, yeah, to be just positive and just do it. I mean, she's, I'm not sure, around 20 years. And, and uh, there, there were so many reasons to, to not start or to not to, to scratch on the road. Mm-hmm. But she was just in a good mood and, and had fun out there. And, also was like, she didn't really realize that it was that special what she did, because I mean, others are training and preparing for, for months for this yeah. and uh, are still nervous or even more nervous than her. And she was just, uh, just doing it and, and having a good time. That's yeah, pretty impressive. Yeah. I love that. I love that story. I think, you know, looking back on my own experience with my first race, I think as well, like there's something special about your first race and yeah. you are really excited. <laughs> but I think the first yeah. is, is almost the easiest. Yeah. For me, yeah. it was like the, the first race was like, I didn't know what, what to expect or what mm. to do, or I, I was just hopping on a bike and, and pushing the pedals and it was pretty good. So maybe, yeah. That's also nice to see, you know, like so far in all the editions, there was, uh, more than half of the people have never ridden their bikes more. I mean, it was their longest ride and, Ever. and yeah, you have at the top, you have some, some really experienced, uh, riders and racers that really put out like world-class efforts, mm-hmm. but, but yeah, it, it's so nice to see to to have all these people that that have never never done anything like this. And now, when you go through some other races, you you suddenly see some some of the names uh, in the bigger races, and, and that's that's pretty cool and motivating for me. To see, yeah, uh, that that it works. That is super exciting. Yeah, I think having. You know, I've had this discussion with Neil quite a bit about uh, entry level ultra races. And, mm. you know, to your point earlier, 
you know, some people framing races as the toughest thing ever. And, you know, yeah, you're going to die. So I'm like, no, I don't want to die. I want to have a good time. (laughs) And I think it's so important to have these types of races and have a lot of fun. Like they're still very, very hard. (laughs) You know, they're very challenging mentally and physically, but it's a nice way for people to get started. A hundred percent. You mentioned Alicia, you know, using a city bike. And it's something I'm often asked as well. Like, you know, what kind of bike did you use? What with tires, et cetera, et cetera. And sometimes like I, like Alicia, I think the bike is probably secondary, but that said, sometimes there are good recommendations for bikes and tire widths as I've (laughs) just experienced myself with Rwanda. So I saw in the race rules, it said 28 millimeter is the, you know, recommend over 28 millimeter at minimum. What would you recommend? Um, I mean, I'm planning to go on my gravel bike. I've got 40 millimeter tires. I've spoken Mm. to somebody who did the race last year and she had similar setup. So what would you recommend? It completely depends on your route. I mean, if you really go for the, like for the obvious paved uh, tarmac route with I mean, there's some, some gravel in, in it, but, uh, it's, it's rideable. Mm-hmm. Then you're totally fine with a 28, uh, road bike tire. But for me, I think it's, it's perfect to have like a, a fast gravel tire that just mm-hmm. gives you more options to plan to, yeah. to take some, I mean, yeah, the, the checkpoints, they are, it's, it's on purpose that there is like maybe the, the not the paved way isn't uh, in the direction where you're coming from. The paved mm. way is like you have to ride around first and, and go from the backside up. And and that's what I think it's uh, makes it interesting because uh if if all the, the paved uh, tarmac roads would be the obvious way, I think ninety percent would take a, a road bike and, mm-hmm. and you could really have a, a, a way shorter route by having a just like a 40 mil uh gravel tire that i mean some stuff will be hiker bike some stuff mm-hmm. you, you can ride so I excellent think this is perfect the yeah most important I'll... thing is uh take your granny gears i mean mm-hmm. it's really it's in the mountains it's uh the yeah you you made the route on the map so there will be some stuff that you messed up where it's really mm. steep and some checkpoints are just really steep. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, just take a granny gear. Yeah, no, that I do have on my bike and I quite like riding the gravel bike on tarmac. So yeah. I'm quite happy to err on the side of caution and take 40 millimeter tires on my gravel yeah. bike. So you've got another event coming up and I think it might, by the time this goes live, unfortunately it will be over, but can you tell us about Dead Ends and Dolce? Um, the sister yeah, event, I guess. Dead Ends and Dolce is like the kind of same format, but in the southern part of Switzerland. Um, mm-hmm. I, uh, I'm not planning on doing like a, a franchise with uh, Dead Ends all over the world. Don't worry. But um, <laughs> it was always in my mind that if I, if I, if I do it on another spot, it would be in the southern part of Switzerland with the Ticino and some, some uh, Graubünden because it's so different and it's very well known for bike riding, for road cycling. But people, there are the three big lakes like uh, Lago di Lugano, Lago Maggiore, Lago di Como. And people just tend, like in, in spring when it's warm there already and, and some snow in the north, they, they go there and they ride around the lake and mm-hmm. they go back home. And next weekend they go down there and ride around the other lake and go back home. And the lakes are, not, are nice, but I mean, it's a main road that goes around. And in the, in the mountainous area, in the, just, if you, if you just turn right at the, at the lake, there's so many beautiful mountain roads and small villages and, and stuff that you would never see if you just ride along the, the lakes. And that was inspiration to to really bring people to Ticino and to show them the yeah this this hidden hidden beauties that that you there there is nobody there's there's no traffic at all and yes it's steep yes there is not a lot of infrastructure there but that's what we are searching for kind of on the bike and Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah I'm doing this uh, with two friends from Ticino um, because it's always for me it's 
pretty important to have someone on spot and mm-hmm. uh, also with like uh, it's uh, it's uh, in the italian speaking part of part of uh, switzerland and my italian is okay for the restaurant but uh, not really <laughs> when negotiating about uh, i don't know what so uh, that that's really helpful to have uh, marco and stefano on my side uh, well, well there. yeah we'll put all of those details in the show notes and then people can check in and see what happened at the race when this goes live the podcast so cake what can we expect from cake? Let's get serious here. <laughs> um, best cake on best cake uh, on the race. That's kind of the challenge for the for the mountain huts. I think that's that's also like the nice part. I I always try to to support the the, the restaurants up in the mountains, mm-hmm. uh, and I I buy all the stuff, all the cake from from them. And it's really like they, they have some kind of contest between them who, who does the, the best cake because, I mean, yeah, people talk about, hey, you remember <laughs> the, 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 the apple cake back at Saufintal and the chocolate cake there. Yeah. So it's really funny when you, like also how it develops when you, when you have the first meeting with the people uh, at the mountain huts, it's always like, oh. Yeah, cyclists and, and we don't have cyclists here. We are not prepared for this and <laughs> maybe e-bikes, but, and then the, the further you go and the more you, they, you can explain what it is about and people are not in a hurry. It's not, it's not a race where everybody's stressed and, and, yeah. uh, uh, just wants, uh, I don't know, some, some power food. And then it's really funny. Maybe we had like one checkpoint where they, they uh, asked all the the farmers around to make to bake the cake uh, for them. So we had all wow. these uh, older ladies um, trying to to make the best cake, and these are really the the, the nice stories. And in the end, I think there was never any cake that this uh, did uh, disappoint. So oh, that's lovely. I, I yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, yeah, just super excited. I mean, tell. I know you did Rwanda last year. Tell us a little bit more about your ultra cycling background. Yeah, um, I did quite some races. Uh, I I was always uh, like uh, I started like cycling, like real cycling about uh, twenty years ago. I think mm-hmm. I before I was there was always one week uh, in the year where I packed all my stuff on a bike and went like uh, for a ride uh, through Switzerland, but I was really, really bad prepared with a really, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's really funny when I, when I think back and it's like, also like the distances I did. I mean, now it's like, if I, if I go for a ride uh, after work, I, I do like the first three days I did back then. So, mm. um, <laughs> but yeah, I think the the rides got longer and longer, and uh, me and uh, my girlfriend Francisca, we we shared the passion. We went bikepacking like in every holiday. I mean, it's it's never a question what we do; it's just where we go. Mm-hmm. And then I, I I didn't really know about these races. Like uh, back in 2020, I I uh, there was like a race in Switzerland, uh, such the Swiss Ultra Cycling mm-hmm. Challenge, yeah. where you that involve quite a lot of uh, route planning where you, you have to ride through all the cantons, like the province of Switzerland, and you can start at any train station in Switzerland. Right. And who's first at Bern, like the capital has won. Mm. And this was like, for me, this was a concept that I, I was, was perfect. I mean, I, was, I spent really a lot of time planning a route and then I, this was my first race and I didn't really go to plan. I, I had like a crash. I, I, from my chain and in the end I got third. Mm-hmm. I was wow. Like, okay. Um, it's, it's not too bad. And so, yeah, I kind of got hooked uh, because of the, also of the, of the community of the people that, uh, I mean, you know, it. in the end, you always meet the same people again and again at the races mm-hmm. or, uh, so now I, I did quite some races uh, in Rwanda, I did uh, All Points North in uh, England. And uh, I, I went back for the Such, of course. Then last year I got, um, or the year before, I got second 
Wow. And uh, last year I finally got the the number one. So oh, congrats! Uh, I have, like my three, two, one. And, uh, <laughs> now I have never to do it again. No. <laughs> no, just leave it there. You're not gonna go back to defend. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. fair. I think you've earned it. <laughs> yeah, I think it's it's also there are so many nice races um, to do. So um, it's, it's uh, cool to do some some other stuff and maybe come back in a few years and do it again but uh, mm. for this year yeah we'll do the Mittelgebirge Classic pretty soon in, in May and where is uh, that uh it's in Germany and France like uh for us pretty pretty close uh, mm -hmm. it's a lot of climbing it has like uh, 25,000 meters on 1,000 so wow yeah that is much, a lot uh, is it all tarmac yeah, <clears throat> yeah more more or less mm, yeah and, yeah, then we go to the bright midnight in Norway in summer. Oh, wow. Um, Amazing. Yeah. yeah. This, There's uh, just so yeah, many races. Just, yeah, there are so many. And I think it's it's so good that there are so many. I mean, it's mm. like uh, a lot of people ask me also, yeah. I mean, also when I said, hey, I'm going to do a second event, it was like, yeah, now you're starting like all the others. Mm. No, it's not It's not about that. I don't want, uh, that's not the idea. It's um and. For me, all the events, like also like the the unknown race, that was just recently uh, the the new format. It's where you don't know the checkpoints. It's it's amazing, and I think it's also a chance for all the races that. I mean, there there are also many races popping up where you pretty soon realize that it's just someone that thinks it's it's a nice way to earn money, and mm. I can tell you if you if you do it. If you do it with love of all the details and, and like, I mean, like a dead end have uh, 30 volunteers, uh, for three days, uh, in, in Switzerland. So, you know, you won't make any money out of it, but, mm. but I think that's, that's the difference between some, some of the events that you really feel, Hey, these people, they, there's so many people doing events because it's a passion and they, mm. they like what they're doing. These are the good events. I mean, the others, yeah, you, you know how it's going to turn out. It's a, it's a route and then the end you get a beer and you go home and that's it. Mm. And all the, these, I don't know, these homemade events, I don't know it's, if it's a, a right name, but they, they, they also build a community because they, it's, it's more than, than just a bike race and you go home. Yeah, it's definitely experience. Yeah, and you're so right about the community because it's that's what draws, I think, everyone back. When I was speaking to the women who did race around Rwanda, you know, everyone mentioned mm. the people that they met along the way and these experiences that they had and sites that they've seen. It's like nothing else, I think, out there. Do you have any races on your bucket list? Like ones you're like, oh, I'm going to do that one day. Maybe not this year, but like someday I'm going to do that. I'm, I'm not, there's not like this one like like i want to do a tcr or something like this it, it's not like one that i really need to do mm -hmm. but i think I, I just want to keep on go to new places that i haven't been before um mm -hmm. like yeah the one for sure the like the transatlantic way in ireland we, we did mm -hmm. it like in just bikepacking mm -hmm. and this this is one that's really intriguing to to do it in the event because it's really like, like a, yeah, a small event and, and there's such a nice route yeah a nice area um, one thing that's no, deterring there is not oh, really like a big uh i i want to go uh, and win tcr that's never gonna happen yeah yeah it's interesting i've definitely the more you do it the more you learn what type of events that you like and what suit what mm -hmm. format suits you as i said five days anything beyond dark place for me <laughs> not a good yeah. place um, what advice would you give to people who have signed up this year or thinking about signing up next year? Do it. Don't think and, too much, just do it. Yeah. Yeah. In the end, and, and don't rely too much on, on events. I mean, so many, I mean, for me, it's always the, the worst day in the year is the, the day where I do the lottery and I have to disappoint 500 people that don't get in. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's it's for me it's I, I hate this day because it's like there are so many people a lot of them I, I even know or uh, I want I would love to have them here but 
it's it has to stay small to stay stay as it is mm-hmm. and sometimes i really would wish that people would i mean yeah they didn't get a, a spot here at the event but i just go bikepacking with your friends at this weekend and, and do i mean you don't need me to serve you the the cake there i mean mm. maybe maybe just do it at home maybe you don't have to come to, come here and do it uh you know it's like sometimes we are yeah i don't know if, if lazy, lazy is not the right word but sometimes people just they have to do it. And, and I think with these events, they, they get like this kick. Okay. I signed up and now I will do it. Mm-hmm. And, and I think it would be nice to, to, to find the motivation to do it just on your own and go create your own adventure. Yeah. yeah. Really nice. It's been lovely to chat with you. Are there any last thoughts about dead ends and cake about the race, ultra cycling in general that you'd like to share with our listeners? I mean, not, not, not like a, a final word, but I think it's, it's really cool to, to have this community that we have. And I think we should really kind of also cherish it because it's, it's not, yeah, you can't take it for granted. There will be change the next years. That's also good. I mean, all the discussion with the more professional writers and other stuff, it, it, it's not a bad thing. Uh, but I think we really have to to kind of look after this community and and then we will have the same kind of nice and new events uh, in 10, 15 years and, and a lot of people coming into this scene and, and being happy and finding new friends, I think. Yeah. That's the main thing to do. Yeah. Well, I'm super excited to... Go do the race training. I will somehow get there. This might be a mind race as well. <laughs> yeah. When I'm going to have to rely more on the mind than the legs. But um, yeah, I'm super excited to see this part of the world. I've heard only good things about the vibe, the cake, scenery, Switzerland. So yeah, thank you so much for joining us today. And I'll see you in a l- like five weeks, I think. Five, six weeks. <laughs> Yeah, it's going to be soon, but uh, it's going to be good. And yeah, it was nice to be here. And uh, we will see us at the start. Excellent. Looking forward to it. Thanks so much. Thank you so much for listening today. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, we ask that you please share it with family, teammates, friends, and even frenemies, or share via social media. Please also leave us a review wherever you're listening to this podcast. Five stars only. And visit us on themetalset.com for more stories and resources. Thanks again for listening. Your support means the world to us. This is The Metal Set.